Okay, I want to read a scripture to you. It ought to sound familiar. It was the same text we had last week. If you read my email this past week, you know how important I sense this is, this passage is of the Lord, that we uh, take another look at it. And it's Luke 2, 6, and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, my wife and I have been here 14 years. I think I've given over a thousand messages. They've been listened, listened to hundreds of thousands of times. And in all of that, to my knowledge, I have not done one message twice or used the same text as close as I'm doing right now. And I'm telling you this because I sense that it's very important for you as an individual, for your family, your household, your marriage, and for this church as we go forward as a body of believers to to not only hear what is being said in this passage, but to heed it. Those are two different things. Hundreds of thousands of people listening to sermons is, not, is hearing. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But heeding, that's a different subject altogether. To actually take that word and apply it, use it as a directive, and to act upon it, to heed the word, Proverbs 10 and 17 says, this is quite a different thing altogether. And what I like about you and I love about you is that, number one, your hunger for the word, but number two, your willingness to receive it and act upon it. Faith Without works is dead, James 2 and 17. So I like that about this church. I commend you for that. So we're going to go back. There's still a little meat on the bone here. We had a message last week about two words, if you remember. It's time. It's time. And I think we need to drill down a little bit bit deeper on that today. Is this because we're at the end end of the year and everybody's going to make some sort of uh, New Year's resolution? No. I'm not against New Year's resolutions. I think they're wonderful. They usually last till Valentine's Day. It's pretty good. But what's the difference between what I'm talking about today and a New Year's resolution? Typically, the source of a New Year's resolution is you and I. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Lord speaking to you something that far exceeds what you define, what I define as a direction to go in for the year ahead. Not even the year ahead, but the trajectory of the rest of your life. I'm that serious about this. So I'm going to revisit this passage. It's time, okay? Now, this, just this week, I was praying about this message, thinking about it, and all of a sudden, someone in our church, we have two that I know of right now, uh, two ladies who are, well, one's, they're both with child this past week, but one just delivered. And... Uh, Jeremy, the father, works with me, and he let me know that it was time. Their, hosp- their, their birthing center's in Greenville, South Carolina. I said, well, good Lord, what are you doing here, man? Like, you need to get going. And they gave birth to the, to the newest worshiper here at Community Bible Church, uh, Soraya Hughes. There she is, right there. She's even smiling. I like her already. But when he got the message that it was time, when you have to go to Greenville, 
that's a different area code. You gotta giddy up and go. It's time. I started thinking about this and I decided I'm gonna share something else with you on this subject this morning. You see, you already know this. When you are, I guess, ready to give birth to a child, ideally, you're physiologically, optimally ready and prepared to do so. I'm assuming you're practically ready, you got your house in order. I'm assuming you're psychologically ready, you're emotionally ready, and, and one would hope you're spiritually ready to give birth to another human being. It's no small thing, and you have to be ready for that. We know that. We talked about that last one. But it seems to me, and I have never given birth to a child before, but it seems to me like there would be, in that particular season more than any other, a singularity of mind. I'm guessing you don't talk or think or obsess or worry about too much else other than uh, your, your, uh, your inflammation in your back and your feet and, uh, and the fact that you're ready to go, right? I'm guessing, ladies, can I get a witness? All right, so I'm thinking that is kind of like a big deal, singularity of mind. I'm thinking when Mary looked at Joseph, after all that had happened, 200 plus messianic prophecies, the, the, the scarlet thread, the linear thread of, of, of the Messiah coming through the, the Old Testament to making their way to Bethlehem uh, to report to their city of war. I'm guessing when she said it's time, they were blown away. All right, here we go. We're talking about a teenage girl here. And today I'm appealing to your singularity of mind as well. I want you to listen to this message and I want you to leave here if not today in the days ahead, being able to answer and finish the sentence, it's time for what? What is it time for in your personal life? And what is it time for in the life of this church? These are questions worth asking. Let's see how close we can get to an accurate answer. Let's heed, give serious attention. I'm asking you to treat this message differently than you've treated every other message this year. That's how serious I am about this. I'm asking you to listen with a singularity and attentiveness you've never done, maybe all this year. I'm asking you to meditate upon and chew on what is said here today in, in the holiday season, that it radically becomes something that you are, with the singularity of mind and purpose, really ready to have heard from the Lord and put into action, to heed the word. Where are you in your life? And if he said to you, it's time, would you know what he's talking about? Not on your own resolve, not out of your own creativity, but out of the unction of the spirit and a clarity of a rhema word that came to you from God at the end of this year when you were just still enough and he was just whispering loud enough for you to hear and put this into action. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. So it was. As I said last week, this is not a story. This is, this is not some made-up fable. This is not folklore. This is a validated historic thing written in a historic document that what came to pass in Bethlehem that, that day actually happened. It was. So it was. You could get into all the archaeological, scientific data, 
the validation of all the things in and around, the, the writings of the abiblical and biblical historians. You could do all of that you wanted, but for the sake of our conversation and expensive redundancy, let's just say it happened. So it was that while they were there, well, this is the day that the Lord has made, Psalm 118, verse 24, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. For whatever reason, I don't know, you are in this church, you are in this community, you are here today, you are sovereignly a part of a they. Some of you on more deeper levels than others, but we are a they, okay? We are a family, we are a group. There's different levels of commitment, there's different time levels of investment, there's different time levels of emotional, spiritual, financial, all, all, kind, of, all kind of investments in this, this group. But you are here, and that's real, and you were brought to this church, for whatever reason, let's start answering that question and let's figure out why are you here, why are we together, and what is sovereignly going on with us? I am not here to entertain you, nor amuse you, nor satisfy some sort of itch that you have on a weekly basis to hear a sermon. I am here called by God to try to edify you to the point where you walk worthy of the calling that he's given you. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you what he tells me to tell you to hear. This is exactly the difference between hearing and heeding. I'm sharing something with you that in the place of authority, for whatever reason I've been placed, I'm sharing so that you don't take it lightly. You take it with the weight in which it's intended to be given. Heed the word. Because it's what's best for you. Because it's what's right for you. Because it's the will of God for you. They were all there together. And we're doing life together. We're called to this community, and we're called to Community Bible Church. Community apparently is a big thing. And we're called to the region and to the world, and we're doing things together. So it was that they were there. The days were completed for her to be delivered. Last week I talked about the birth pains. In fact, Jesus talked about birth pains in the end times of things happening in the world, events, some uh, pre-cataclysmic, apocalyptic type of events that are, are sort of signs and indications as these birth pains get closer and closer together that there's gonna be this tribulation period to come. Well, <clears throat> it's time. Not for that, but it's always time for you and me to know where we stand in relationship with God. When God went looking for Adam in the cool of the day, he said, Adam, where are you? And that's all God really wants from you today. He wants to know where you are in relationship to him. He doesn't really care what you've done or haven't done, not primarily. What he wants to know is where are you in relationship to him? Are you a worshiper? Do you love him? Do you know that he loves you? Do you believe him? Do you trust him? That's what he's looking for. Are you a tabernacle in which he dwells? He's big on that. Are you a walking embassy of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you represent him? Are you a minister of reconciliation? Are you his ambassador? Are you his voice? And does he have your heart? These are prime things. So if I say to you, it's time, and, and, and the Lord would say to you, it's time, based on the relationship that you have, where you are in relationship to him, whether it's a friendship, an acquaintance, whatever it is, I want you in this church to know him well enough that he said to you, it's time that you would know what he wanted you to birth in your life. 
Now, that's worth getting up in the morning for. See, that's purposeful. That's mission-oriented. That's relationship-oriented. That's what he wants. Your past walk is not necessary to define your future walk. You could be entering into a whole new level of depth and commitment, involvement and servitude and calling. Who knows? That's my point and that's the Lord's point. He wants you to know. It's time. Let's act. What are you going to birth in your life? You know, I won't get into too many details, but Mary looked at Joseph and they got in that caves over there. I've been in those caves. Some of you have too in the fields, Bethlehem fields. And she said, it's time. I guarantee you they both freaked out. She knew it was time, as, as every woman does. When her water broke, she knew it was time. Something's fixing to go down here, okay? This is the time. Eight days later, it was time to dedicate that child. The feast, the dedication. Whatever the Lord wants to do in your life in this season will be worth dedicating back to him for his glory. It's time, my friend, for a change. For change's sake, no. The status quo is never long for this world to be acceptable. God is an ever-changing dynamic. You're, you're to be growing, so am I. We're to be in and out, flux, fluctuating here, understanding we're a dynamic, not a static body. We ought to be learning things. The advent of Christ should be more and more of an adventure in our life. We ought to be evolving into someone more in the image of Christ, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We ought to be welling up within us as rivers of living water. We ought to be moving towards maturity in Christ. This stagnation, I'm not a part of stagnation. I don't want stagnation. I don't want association with the church. I don't want to say, yeah, I'm there, I go there. I want to see that you're growing, you're, you're answering questions you couldn't answer before, you're blessing, you're serving, you're loving other people, you're sharing truth, you're being challenged, you're walking through trials and adversity uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is an ever-changing dynamic thing. I remember one time, I don't know how I got involved in this. God help me. I started watching Days of Our Lives. I did, and this was on the uh, heels of General Hospital when I was at West Georgia College where they had that guy with the, uh, the curly permanent and the, you know what I'm talking about? What was his name? Don't act like you don't know his name. And the funny thing was, I got into watching that when I was in college. Crucial mistake. Larry, you watched it too. Look at you. I was just kidding. You actually did it. But the thing was, then I didn't watch it for six months, and then I turned it back on. I hadn't missed a thing, right? Stefano and the whole thing, it was the same thing. Roman, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Six months went by, I turned it back on, and it was the same plot line, the same story with Marlena and the collar up and the thing. And I thought, God, spare me if I ever have a church. We're six months later, it's the same old, same old. The same story. I don't know if you realize what happened at this altar. I, maybe you don't think about these things. 
when the hole in Pax's throat got sealed up, and the doctors verified that he was healed, something broke. Spiritually speaking, our water broke. And when I sat up here and stood up here and I told you that the Lord was going to start to heal people and one after another got healed, see, that was an it's time moment. It's time. We got even a heads up on that one. It's time. That's what's going to happen. And it did. It's times are good things to know because they're followed up with confirmation. I'm not talking about this bogus stuff out here where everybody's got a prophecy and no one ever checks on them. I'm talking about people getting healed. I don't know. Those are two different things to me. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought first, forth her firstborn son. Is he first? He's a firstborn son, but is he first in your own life? Now, it's winter. Let me speak your language. And many of you dudes speak NCAA football. I'm fixing to speak your language. You ready? Some of you have the Lord in the top 25. Some of you the top 15, the top 10. Some of you... If you hear him, and he says, it's time, son, you and God are going to be in the playoffs together. What prioritization is going on in our life? If you step back long enough to look at your life, of what ranking is he? Of what level of priority is Jesus Christ? And don't tell me that's not a fair question for me to ask. I live and breathe to ask that question. How's your walk? It was her firstborn. And you can't tell me she didn't see him as first throughout the rest of her life. I know we're told to love our kids equally, but treat them uniquely. If anybody's got unique kids on the face of the earth, it's me. I'm at the top of the list. Every one of them's different than the other. But where is Jesus Christ in your rankings? What's more important than him? Does he find himself third often? Because if we get a hold of the answer to that question, an honest assessment, then we know and we can answer what the it's time is. It's time to move him up the rankings. And to do that, we're gonna to have to do that with kingdom principles. You wanna know what your it's time is? It's gonna have something to do with elevating him, magnifying him, exalting him, lifting him on high that he'll draw all men unto himself. That's gonna be part of what your it's time answer is. What is it time for in your life? Well, I know it's time for him to be the first. And listen here, dry bones. Somebody maybe wandered in here from on vacation visiting someone else, and if you're honest about it, you're just a dried-up bone out in the desert. You're spiritually arid. Well, I would argue with that. I'd say, say, deep down inside that bone, I bet you've got some pretty good marrow, and that's a good starting place. 
You can make yourself a whale of a comeback. It's time to get up. It's time to come alive again. Enough death, enough brittleness, enough dryness, enough lackadaisical whatever. It's time, dry bones. It's time. If you need me to say it, I'll tell you. It's time. If you got a, a spiritual general latent malaise where your calling and love for Christ has somehow made its way down to the crawl space of your soul and is buried in non-essentials and things that aren't even necessary, it's cluttered under anxiety and, and, and a lack of peace and fear, the past has done its number on it and it's just layered down there somewhere. You, know, you can't even see it anymore. It's time. It's time to warm that up, to resurrect that walk. And you're going to need help. That's what time it is for you. Maybe you've got some calling on your life. Maybe you're going to find out about that. When you really press in, you say, the Lord says to you, it's time, son. It's time to you, daughter. It's time. It's time. What time for what? It's time to grab onto that calling I gave you years ago that you you seem to tell everybody about, and we've since forgot about it. It's time for that. Oh, that, yeah. See, he doesn't give up on it. He doesn't. He doesn't forget either. Other than, what is that? What is that that's in that uh, sea, see what, some sea of forgetfulness? Yeah, he forgets our sin. We don't. He does. But some of you got a calling on your life. Buried way down deep in stuff that doesn't even matter, and most of your life is making lists of things you're supposed to get done, and all it does is distract you and bury the greatest purpose you have on this earth. And others of us won't even consider that it's there. We've self-defined ourselves as unworthy to have such a thing, whether it be a vocational calling or some other type of ministry, lay ministry, whatever the case may be. It's down there. It's time. And she brought forth her firstborn son. You know, it may be time to realize that you're asking questions of the Lord, but you're not getting answers for a reason. It's not that he's tuned you out. It's that you're asking the wrong questions. You start asking questions such as, Lord, what, 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 what do you want me to remove in my life that's caused anything? I'll, will you help me to get anything in my life that comes between me and you? Will you help me get rid of that? that that's a question he'll answer immediately, my friend. Here's a question he'll answer quickly. No delay. Prime shipping. Lord, what is it I need to do what is it I need to learn to reach people with the gospel? You just got moved to the front of the line of answers, my friend. See, what is it that has to, here's another one. Lord, what is it that has to die in me that I can have new life in you? What has to die in me, get crispy and dried up so that I can be freer, more liberated, more effective, more anointed, and more joy? What has to die in me to be the husband you called me to be? What has to die in me to be the wife you've called me to be? What has to die, fall to the ground, that I can be resurrected into a whole new, it's time for that, I can tell you. 
Here's another one he, he asked quickly. How do I make myself last so that you become first? Here's another one. If there's any pride in me, will you relieve me of it? Will you take it from me? Will you show it to me? Will you teach me that I may walk in the humility that you desire of me? You see, it's time to ask the right questions. And in turn, it'll be time to get the right answers. And boy, do they come quickly. It's time. I know it's time to worship. I wish there's another word for it. I don't, I don't like it when we use words so often, they, 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 they either have different, unique, personalized meanings or they have no meaning at all. An overused word just seems to be sucked of its impact. Worship has become a three, uh, a three, if not today, four song set. Psalm 18 and 33, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on high places. High places are where you worship. He makes my feet like hind's feet, able to stand firmly and tread safely on paths of testing and trouble. And he sets me securely upon the high places to worship. We'll get the opportunities on trial to worship, won't we? The inevitability that no one is insulated from trial, James says, consider it pure joy. If you're here today and your spouse is in a different place spiritually and the two become one, I highly recommend that your intercession is not just prayers and supplication, but you stand in, like Ezekiel says, stand in the gap and worship for the both of you. There's power in that. Worship for the both of you. Are you hearing me? Worship for the both of you. Sometimes we get in these situations where the maturity is asked of one of, us, one of us at a time in our life. It's time for you to be the bigger of the two. It's time for you to be the more mature of the two. It's time for you to stop pointing out what's wrong with the other and stand up in the gap and worship on their behalf. Bless God on their behalf. You know, sometimes I think, believe in the Lord, Acts 16 and 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved, you and your household. I think this household thing has something to do with my husband's wandering, drifting, his shriveling up. Don't get on his case. Guys, don't get on her case. Say, Lord, I'm coming. I'm going to worship for the both of us. We're going to stand here. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to grab the horns of the altar, and I'm going to exalt your holy name, and I'm going to ask that you fill this room, this automobile, with your presence, and that presence is a drawing factor for my spouse. There it is. It's time for that. It's time for that. And you know what? I don't guess that's such a bad idea for a son or daughter either. It's time. It's time to redefine some things that have become sort of passe to us. 
And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. That's why I said last week, these are just burial cloths, the Egyptian burial cloths. They just like mummify the baby to keep the bacteria out, keep the baby warm and safe. You know how we do here with these blankets they pass out at the hospital. Well, that's what these are. These are burial cloths. And how, how appropriate that the Son of God is born in Bethlehem, Messianic prophecies, bring him to Bethlehem. He's born there and what? Wrapped in burial cloth. Why? Because that's actually why he came to die. I say again, Lord, help me to understand and see and be willing for any and every part of me to fall to the ground and die. Die. What are you wrapped up in? I met a man this week, and I was sort of going over the last 25 years of ministry, and I came to the conclusion that this man may well be the top of the list of anyone I've ever talked to in my life who needs to sit in the lap of the Abba Father and let him wrap him up with his loving arms. I've, I, I mean, the gooey affection of Christ wrapped around somebody and holding them when they can't hold their own life together. Christ, Colossians 1, Christ holds all things together. I've never met anybody in my life who needed more than any other person I've ever met the loving arms of Christ wrapped around them, almost, almost like a spiritual straitjacket. I'm going to hold you and keep you until you understand that I love you, that I love you. And if I love you, the absence of other people's love and their lack of capacity to provide it matters not. Matters not. Do not expect of others something they have not the capacity to provide. And, for, and it's often the, the case that they never received it themselves. How would they have it to give it away? It's ridiculous to pain ourselves and to empower those people to have a hold on us when they were never loved to begin with. How? How are they going to love us? What are you wrapped up in? What do you need to be wrapped up in? Hey, it's time. Time. Talk to him about that. Not me, him. You directly find out where your it's time is and go heed it. Are you wrapped too tight? I do know some people in my life in ministry that are wrapped a little too tight. They're the same people that tend to white-knuckle certain things, certain resentments, and certain bitterness, and certain traditions at the expense of the love of Christ. Are you wrapped too tight? Are you wrapped at all? Do you need a spiritual blanket? It's time. You know, for you it may be time to answer a calling and, and 
traverse the world and tell people about Christ. And for others of you, your personal it's time may just be, hey, listen, I need to cozy up. Sometimes he makes us to lie down in green pastures. And he covers us with his blanket. And he warms our heart again. Don't ever imitate someone else's walk. You get with him and let him tell you what it's time for. Because soon as you hear him and put it into action, you will give birth to something marvelous. So far beyond what your expectation or imagination could have ever asked him for. What is it time for you in your life? And I'm not talking about your clock. I'm talking about the Kairos time of God. Right now, where you are, what's it time for? And the, and the truth of the matter is, the difficulty with this message is, not many of us can answer that. And it speaks to the distance between us, which gives us the answer to the it's time. We need to cozy up. Stop putting pressure on yourself to do the things he has yet to give you the capacity to do and cozy up. Make him Lord, not your past. Not your past romanticized successes and not your past overrated failures. Stay in the moment. Figure out what time it is for you. I don't care if you've been in this church for the first time or a hundred years. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you never come back again, get into a conversation with God himself by yourself and say, it's time in my life for what? It would have been wise of you to come here for that very purpose. She laid him in a manger, a feeding trough. My wife and I have been to Italy more than a few times. Italy is all about the food. I don't care what anybody says, it's about the food. I guess there's some nice people there, and I'm sure they have a wonderful culture, and uh, they have a good football team. But for me, it's about the food. It's, it's about going to Mario's right there by the Pantheon, walking into that place with friends and sitting down in a place where they don't turn a table over in 20 minutes. You got four hours, go for it. Manja, manja, manja. Eat, eat, eat. What are you eating? I know what's being served. I know what every cable news network is serving up. I know what half the people in this country have no idea what they're talking about is serving up. And I know that the other half has no idea what they're talking about and they're serving up something different. And all of it's from God. It's funny how he's schizophrenic. I never saw Jesus as a schizophrenic, but I guess he is. What are you eating? And if you're grazing off the wrong table frequently enough, you're not grazing from the book. If you're grazing on Facebook more often than not, you don't have your face in the book. What are you eating? 
And if you're not eating from that buffet table, the bread of life, you'll not become more like what you eat. The bread of life speaking through you and loving through you and counseling through you. It's time. It's time to birth something new. Because there was no room for them in the end. That's a bad feeling when you're driving down the road and you're, it's the last town and you're tired, you're falling asleep. And you look over at the sign that says, no vacancy. Ugh. I guess it's pretty bad too when you're nine months pregnant. Seems like that would be a problem. How much vacancy do you have? Who's robbed you of your vacancy? Sometimes our heart can get so cluttered and our mind gets so cluttered and our, even our lives get so cluttered, there's no room for God to just feel at home and stretch, move about. It's time. It's time to clean house. It's a time to leave behind complexity and embrace simplicity. To leave behind racing and hurriedness and embrace stillness. You want to make this message totally worthless? Take the bait. Go back out there and go nuts. Go a million different directions every single day trying to do 10 different things and get five of them done, if you're lucky, and you will have successfully cut God out of your life. You'll never hear his voice again. Do it day after day, and you'll end up some dry bone. Be still. He says, and know that I am God. Have a place where you go, where you're still, and it's quiet, uninterrupted, and start asking the question, Lord, it's time for what in my life? There was no room in the end. Lastly, as our musicians come up, if you're here today or in the sound of my voice or all of those of you who are traveling out of town, go across the country, whatever you're doing right now in this church, listen to me. If your life needs a massive overhaul, the secret to handling the massiveness and the overwhelmingness of what's going on in your life or your son's life, your daughter's life, is to pick one solitary thing, the thing that so often impacts every other area of your life and deal with the one thing, not everything. If you deal with everything, you deal with nothing. Your, when you say to God, it's time, he's going to probably give you an assignment to deal with one solitary aspect of your life that's like leaven that makes its way through the whole batch of dough they call you, and it's probably poisoning your relationships, your dreams, your health, and everything else. Deal with that one thing. You see, it's time. The answer to what's time for you is probably going to be one thing. It really is. It's just going to be one thing. You don't have to fix everything. You just have to fix one thing. It's funny because all those other things you'll get to later, they'll be half as bad as they were if you had not done the one thing he told you to do. It truly is my hope. It really is. That you start asking this question. Maybe even in a downtime at the end of the year and you realize it's time for me to move on, to move up, to move over. 
to get over something, to get off the couch, to take care of yourself, to let go, to seek, to pursue. I don't know. Thank God I don't have to know. But I do for myself. God's always doing something in our life. I want to take, give you an offer here. Pray you take me up on it. You're between seasons. It's a moment in your life where you, if you come here long enough, you'll really say, man, I can't go there anymore. I can't answer the questions. It's a simple question. It's time. God usually wrestles with people to get, get them to understand. He'll do that if possible. It's where you get the Greek word agonize. It means agon. It means to wrestle. He'll wrestle you, break your hip if you need to, but you're going to find out what it's time for. I want to open this altar and just, while they're singing this song, you by yourself doing what you do in your personal way. You have the luxury of a few minutes of total calm and quiet. Take advantage of it. Just sit and be still and say, it's time for what, Lord? It's time for what, Lord? Is it time for change? Certainly. Some of those questions are the tough ones that I gave you. Don't take those lightly. Don't ask them unless you mean it, because you'll end up with a bigger problem. Take from me anything that comes between us. <laughs> Show me where I have pride. Don't even go there if you're not serious. You could also come and rest. He's got this brilliant thing waiting for you, this brilliant gift, this beautiful thing. It's not you becoming someone different or dying. It's you coming to grips with a sense of joy and purpose like you never had before. All of that. He's got it all. I don't know. Take advantage of it. Come to the altar. Be still in front of him and ask him. It being Christmas and all. Come as you feel led.